make sure to go to TimCast.com, click join us and become a member to support this podcast and all the work we do. And you'll get access to exclusive uncensored segments from TimCast IRL and way more. Now, let's jump into the first story. In China, two major companies have removed Israel from their digital maps. Now, it's being reported by some sources that Xi Jinping is siding with Palestine. I don't know for sure. But the fact that we're seeing two different companies make these changes indicates it's not some private decision as well. For the most part, companies in China aren't really private. They're always connected to the CCP. Seems like this may be a government move. It may be an indication of something to come. Now, I don't know about you, but uh, there are real fears about World War Three. But I must say, with the latest reporting out of Time magazine, it seems like the Ukraine war is over. Russia has won. The U.S. is no longer interested in its old toy and is now focused on the Middle East. Zelensky, of course, is freaking out. But Time magazine is basically reporting Russia's winning. You look at the battle maps and we'll go over this. And Russia has secured its land bridge into Crimea. Thus, maybe no World War Three. You know, it's hard to call it good news. But if Ukraine is losing and the West is backing away in the Eastern European front, we could avoid this spilling out into a massive global conflict and keep things regional, which sucks, but would be preferable to wars popping up all over the place. I'm going to make sure this is clear for everybody. Listen, listen, people got to learn how to think outside the box. What does world war mean? For some reason, and perhaps because of Cold War mentality, People think World War Three means the U.S. versus Russia. I, I don't understand why the U.S. is already at war with Russia. So if that's the case, then World War Three already started with Ukraine. But no, World War is when wars pop up all over the place. You take a look at World War One and uh, widespread. Why? Well, Europe had a lot of colonies and a lot of territories under its control, various parts of the world, and they're all fighting each other. World War Two, not too dissimilar. However, the world part Yeah, Hirohito in Japan, I mean, it's like completely unrelated to Europe. For the most part, we get dragged in Pearl Harbor and all of a sudden there is a world war. So what happens if the U.S. is at war in Ukraine and in the Middle East and then China launches an offensive over Taiwan? It basically ropes everybody into it. And it is not that the U.S. is fighting some evil superpower. It's that War is happening all over the world in, in involving the U.S. and its world police system, in which case, congratulations, World War Three. Here's the story. W.I.O.N. News. I'm sorry, W.I.O. News. Y.O. News. Or actually, no, I think it is W.I.O.N. Yeah. Chinese companies. Oh, I think the N stands for news. Remove Israel from digital maps as she backs Palestine. We have the, uh, the update from the Wall Street Journal. Internet users in China are expressing bewilderment. The name Israel doesn't appear on leading online digital maps from Baidu and Alibaba, an ambiguity that matches Beijing's vague diplomacy in the region and contrasts with its attentiveness to maps generally. Baidu's Chinese language online maps demarcate the internationally recognized borders of Israel, as well as the Palestinian territories plus key cities, but don't clearly identify the country by name. The same is true with online maps produced by Alibaba's AMAP, where even small nations like Luxembourg are clearly marked. Neither company responded to questions on Monday. It is unclear whether the development is new, though it has been discussed by Chinese internet users since the war broke out. China's government has over the years cried foul and levied fines over maps published elsewhere online, such as on hotel websites, for failing to strictly adhere to Beijing's territorial claims like leaving off a nine dotted line stretching around the South China Sea that isn't internationally recognized. So what could this mean? My friends, it could mean a whole lot of nothing. Or, as W.I.O.N. argues, she is taking the side of Palestine by removing Israel from the map. They are making a, a public statement, whether they intended it to go this widespread or not. The statement is simple. It is it is pushing in the direction that Israel does not exist. Why? Well, you can argue that they intend to get involved to some degree opposing the West, and Israel is a nation backed by the West. You could argue that they view it like, hey, there's a dispute between Palestine and Israel, and it's it's international, nothing to do with us, so we're not going to name either country. Perhaps. 
I think the more likely uh, issue is it's a statement. China is is at odds with us. Obviously, there is an escalation and a fear of war. We've been talking about Thucydides trap for years and the risk of war with China is growing and China is going to side against Western interests and thus controlling the narrative matters. If the issue is that Israel exists and it gets eradicated in a conflict, well, you know, public sentiment matters. And how about this? You go to the public, you go to your billion plus citizens, you erase Israel from the map, you slowly start changing the narrative and you say, there's not a nation there. It's a, it's a territorial dispute. Then when the war breaks out, whatever ends up happening, China can then say, we didn't wipe out a people or a nation. There was, it was a disputed territory and conflict for a long time. And they will control what can be seen on the internet. The fear, I suppose, is that Thucydides' trap long feared could come to fruition. And this is another indication that China is at odds with U.S. policy. Sure. And at odds could lead to serious conflict. The U.S., of course, wants to defend Taiwan because Taiwan is a strategic location, giving the West access to this area. I mean, the fact that U.S. politicians can go to an island just off the coast of mainland China is a big problem for China. Want to understand it better? Imagine if China was sending delegations to Cuba. We would not be very happy about that. And so China wants Taiwan and they want to secure as much as possible of the South China Sea. As the U.S. forces continue their patrols, you have to understand this is uh, uh, look, we send aircraft carriers and strike groups through the Strait of Taiwan right next to China. Imagine if China did that to California. Now, they've done it to Hawaii and they've done it to Alaska, and we've been concerned about it. And so there is a fear of escalating war. Now, back on the home front, what does this mean for you? CBS News reports FBI Director Christopher Wray warns Congress of terror threats inspired by Hamas's attack on Israel. FBI Director Chris Wray warned Congress Tuesday that Hamas's terror attacks on Israel could motivate threats similar to those posed by ISIS in years past, according to law enforcement assessments. But he cautioned there is no indication Hamas itself intends to or has the capacity to conduct attacks in the United States. Quote, we assess the actions of Hamas and its allies will serve as an inspiration, the likes of which we haven't seen since ISIS launched its so-called caliphate several years ago. In just the past few weeks, multiple foreign terror organizations have called for attacks against Americans and the West. Ray told the Senate Homeland Securities Committee during a hearing on worldwide threats. The reality is that the terrorism threat has been elevated throughout 2023. But the ongoing war in the Middle East has raised the threat of an attack against Americans in the U.S. to a whole nother level. I, I, you ever stop and think about a whole another? It's just another level. Another isn't a, a space. Another. Another isn't a thing. OK, I, I just find that phrase silly. A whole nother. In the wake of Hamas's attack on Israel on October 7th and Israel's subsequent strikes against the Hamas controlled Gaza Strip, the FBI director has said, that the U.S. intelligence community is most concerned about lone wolf style assailants targeting Western nations. Quote, here in the U.S., our most immediate concern is that violent extremists, individuals or small groups will draw inspiration from the events in the Middle East to carry out attacks against Americans going about their daily lives. He warned again during his congressional testimony in written remarks submitted to Congress. The FBI director clarified. We have no information to indicate that Hamas has the intent or capability to conduct operations inside the U.S., though we cannot and do not discount that possibility. Considering the southern border is wide open, and that's part of U.S. policy, I would not be surprised if we have serious threats inside this country. Days after Hamas launched its attacks in Israel, Ray told reporters the threat landscape is going and continues to evolve. Law enforcement, he said, cannot discount the possibility that terror groups like Hamas and its allies could use the attacks and Israel's response to exploit the conflict and inspire attacks in the U.S. According to the FBI director, the potential threat does not just come from Hamas inspired actors. Iran and Hezbollah, he said, also pose a possible danger to the U.S. for both cyber and kinetic attacks. ISIS and Al Qaeda have also issued calls to action, Ray said. We're keeping a close eye on what the what impact recent events may have on those groups intentions here in the U.S. and how those intentions might evolve, Ray said. You know, we had Scott Horton on the podcast on Timcast IRL last week, and he made a good point. 
He said the actions taken by Israel are going to cause, I'll paraphrasing, problems for us in the U.S. Why is the United States involved? First question. Next, you have Israel, which does rely greatly on Western funding, support, missile batteries, etc. The argument made by Scott Horton, I don't completely agree with, but his point was that because Israel knows that they're backstopped by U.S. military forces, they can do what they want and then say, U.S., pony up the defenses. If the U.S. was not backing Israel, Israel would be much more conservative on how they respond to Hamas. I'm not making a moral statement here. This is what Scott Horton said. However, one thing is to be mentioned. When Israel strikes Gaza and bombs these buildings, it is tremendous collateral uh, damage. This means many civilians die. I'm not I'm not making a moral position on whether you think it's right or wrong. The point is Iran, Hezbollah and other nations then look to us as we uh, supply armaments to Israel. And thus we're involved. Iran is going to it's already put out a call to action. They've already attacked U.S. military uh, bases, their, their proxy forces and militias. And what is what are the chances that we here in the United States, because of a foreign conflict, conflict in the Middle East that Americans mostly don't want to be involved in? What are the chances that someone sneaks to the southern border and then we face a terror attack blowback, as the CIA calls it? Yeah, it's not a good place to be now. With all this stuff going on, I want to stress, as I stated in the beginning of the segment, it is not all bad news. Well, I guess if you're Ukraine, it's bad news because Ukraine lost. Russia got what it wanted. Ukraine may actually totally collapse because of this. I mean, this is crazy. Time magazine's cover story. Nobody believes in our victory like I do. Inside Volodymyr Zelensky's struggle to keep Ukraine in the fight. Kenakoa. The great on Twitter breaks down several key points from the article, which I think uh, are, are the most important. Time magazine reports that Ukraine struggles to rally financial support after its failed counteroffensive and amid allegations of widespread corruption. A top Ukrainian presidential advisor warns that, quote, people are stealing like there's no tomorrow when asked about bribes and corruption. Fifty nine percent of Americans don't want Congress to provide more weapons to Kiev up from 35% in June. The southeastern fifth of Ukraine, where the population is predominantly Russian speakers, remains under Russian control. Zelensky's close advisor warns that, quote, he deludes himself. We're out of options. We're not winning. But try telling him that. Ukraine's shortage of soldiers is more dire than its deficit in arms and ammunition. Draft officers pull men off trains and buses and send them, send them to the front. The death toll has long surpassed 100,000 on each side of the war, forcing the draft of the elderly, raising the average age of a Ukrainian soldier to around 43 years. My friends, I am 37 years old and I already I'm getting there. You know, I've been skating my whole life. I had to start stretching. You should always stretch even when you're young. You're better off doing it. But usually, man, when I, I remember being 20 years old, throwing down, jumping out of the car, throwing down the board, jumping on it and not even thinking twice about uh, 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 stretching. Now I go out, throw the board down, jump on my board, cruise around for a little bit, warm, get, get, get a few minutes of, you know, pumping back and forth. And then I do a few stretches. It's probably the safer thing to do. And, uh, you know, I, I would say this. I probably feel like 95 percent. That 5 percent is where I start going. I better start taking this seriously and stretching and eating better because, uh, uh oh, I should have done this earlier. But now I start to get it right. And everybody y'all are older than me. You get it, too. Imagine 43 year old soldiers. I don't know how they're going to handle this. Corruption remains widespread despite Zelensky firing numerous officers and the defense minister. Zelensky is worried that the focus of Ukraine's allies in the U.S. and Europe and the global media has already shifted to Israel, Palestine, and the Gaza Strip. Yup. Why are Time Magazine and the corporate media starting to throw Ukraine and Zelensky under the bus? The truth is, despite what Janet Yellen and Joe Biden says, the U.S. cannot afford multiple wars. And with it looking like Ukraine has been losing for a long time, and they've been lying. 
it's time to retreat. Propaganda, my friends. Remember when we said on this show months ago, Ukraine is losing? It's not because we don't like Ukraine. I like Ukraine. I have been there several times. I know people there. I have friends that are from Ukraine. They fled mostly. I I thought Kiev was awesome. Went to the mall, had a lot of cabbage, cabbage with like beef in it. And now the war uh, has killed a lot of people and it's horrifying what's happened. But if you can't win, you can't win. And the U.S. should not be footing the bill for Ukraine. But here we are. Take a look at some of these select quotes that Kanakoa has highlighted. How about this one? People are stealing like there's no tomorrow. We read that one. He deludes himself. One of his closest aides tell me in frustration, we're out of options. We're not winning. But try telling him that. Since the start of the invasion, Ukraine has refused to release official accounts, official counts of dead and wounded. But according to the U.S. and European estimates, the toll has long surpassed 100,000 on each side of the war. It has eroded the ranks of Ukraine's armed forces so badly that draft offices have been forced to call up even older personnel, raising the average age of a soldier in Ukraine to 43 years. They're grown men now, and they aren't that healthy to begin with. This is Ukraine, not Scandinavia. So we're dealing with men and, and Ukraine is not a wealthy nation. I don't know uh, where, where Ukraine stands in terms of economics. I can tell you my personal experience. When I was there in uh, 2013 and then again, 2014, and then I think again in 2016, what, I w- what was explained to me is that the average person's making, what was I told? Like the equivalent of $400 a month. Hrivna is their currency the equivalent of 400 bucks a month. These people are not, not the healthiest of individuals. They're struggling. Now, something interesting that happened in Ukraine was that Western countries started hiring programmers in Ukraine because the cost, because it's cheaper. And with, uh, with coding, with coding work and digital work, so you could be anywhere. So you find a guy who's like, I got all of these years of experience developing and computer programming. I can do it from anywhere in the world. And I only need to make, you know, 60 to 100K per year if I'm living in Ukraine. And then this actually was helping to uh, to bolster the economy. But here we can see it. It looks like Ukraine is done. And that may be it. Take a look at the interactive map of Ukraine. This is an interactive from LiveUAMap.com. We'll zoom out a little bit and you can see the keys here. The red is territories captured by the Russian forces and the blue is the territories liberated by the Russian forces. Now, why is it that all of this southeastern territory is Russian, but up north, these areas, hmm, they're blue, liberated from Russian forces. I'll tell you what I think. Russia moved in from Belarus. They attacked from two directions to split Ukraine's forces. They had a minor incursion into Kiev specifically to force Ukrainian forces to defend its capital so they could move into the southern region and seize the land bridge into Crimea, which they have heavily fortified and now control. And Ukraine has lost the moment the map became as such. I think it was fair to say Ukraine lost. Russia will fortify this territory. And that's it. That's what they want. It's what they've wanted from the get go. This is this started a long time ago with the annexation of Crimea. Russia has a naval base. The soldiers walk out of the base and say, we're going to have a referendum. And then surprise, surprise, everyone voted to uh, join Russia. Now, maybe many on the uh, on the Russia side say it was a legitimate referendum on the on the uh, on the American side. They say there's no way. But I got to be honest, you're going to get propaganda from all sides. But I do believe that it's fair to say these areas are are strongly Russian speaking. And there is a split pro-Russia versus pro-EU sentiment in Ukraine. That is to say. I wouldn't be surprised to find out that people in Crimea actually did want to join Russia because of what was happening in in Kiev. Now, I don't know for sure, but I'll put it this way. uh, What if it's hard? It's hard because we don't have strong neighboring nations like Mexico and Canada and not really we're the power. But imagine you were in a state. Let's say you're in Idaho and then, uh, uh, you know, a bunch of people from eastern Oregon are like, hey, we want to join Idaho. Quite literally, this is happening. And then Idaho says, yes. What, 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 are we going to believe that in Oregon, uh, in the capital, in Portland or whatever, that when they say, no, this is Idaho stealing our territory, they don't want to actually join up. Mm. I would not be surprised 
based on what's going on with with Ukraine and the sentiment that was either for Russia or for the EU. Many of the people wanted many of the people in the southeast and the east wanted to join the Russian Trade Federation for obvious reasons. The closer you get to Russia, the more people are speaking Russian, the more they have family and and family history with Russians. And the further west you go, then the more it becomes more EU. And this is splitting the country in half. Now, I don't know for sure. I'm not here to argue that. The point I'm making right now is that with this, Ukraine lost. Russia is going to control what they control. And that's going to be the end of it, most likely. They will be fighting for some time, but the heat of the war is likely over. And there's there's several uh, uh, foreign policy politicos on social media and various outlets that are arguing something similar. I'm not a, I'm not a military expert. I'll just say when I saw this map, the BBC published something similar. I'm like, so Russia won. They control what they want to control and they fortified it. That's right. But what this means, maybe no World War Three. The fear is that with fighting on the eastern front of uh, in Europe, plus Middle Eastern conflict, China moves on Taiwan and now you've got the makings of World War Three. Many had argued that Ukraine was World War Three, prominent politicians in the EU. Now, maybe not so much. Maybe we back away. We stop funding this. Things die down and we do not see nuclear conflict. My fear was that if Russia was losing, they'd use some kind of tactical nuke on the battlefield. Now they don't need to. The big question now, as we're seeing Israel uh, be removed from Chinese interactive maps, is China going to get involved themselves? We'll see. We'll see. I I think this is as bad as all of this news is. Technically, there's some uh, good news and the pressure seems to be alleviated to a certain extent. So stay vigilant. Pay attention. There is fear of terror attacks in the United States, and we are getting heavily involved in the Middle East, which could still spiral out of control. Hopefully it doesn't. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. on the channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. The Great Betrayal? Is that what you're calling it? The Free Press reports on many people on the left realizing the left never had their back in the first place, but I am personally offended by this. It's not a betrayal. You betrayed us. Let me, let me slow down. Let me slow down. Many on the left had been backing causes that were absurd, insane, violent, and irrational. And we begged. We called them out. We said, what are you doing? And they said, shut your mouths. They sought to get us fired and banned and censored. And then many of these people are now posting in support of Israel. Okay, I can respect that. And they're getting attacked for it. And they're acting like they're being betrayed. Betrayed? When y'all stood with Black Lives Matter, When the founder said they wanted to end Israel and we told you this, you ignored it. Why? Because of the seats of power. That's really what it was. Many on the left, default liberals, traditional liberals, Democrats side with far left extremists over moderate positions and moderate political individuals for power, for money. You know why? In their minds, the the sentiments of uh, anti-Semitic sentiments and the anti-Israel sentiments, I'm drawing a distinction here, calm down, didn't matter because the greater seats of power were with leftist progressive activists. And now they're reeling from it. Amy Schumer is currently getting roasted and Amy Schumer is sharing campus reform articles. Wow. (laughs) Well, look, I'll take it. I will. If a bunch of these people who are formerly on the left are realizing that they partnered up with genocidal maniacs, then, uh, Okay. All right. Welcome aboard. Thank you for finally paying attention to what was going on. Maybe now when we tell you these people are psychopaths who want to kill you, you'll listen to us. Here's the free press writes. The great betrayal. The left's reaction to the massacre in Israel has many progressive Jews in the West rethinking their past activism, political affiliations and friendships. And here you can see the Palestinian pride flag. Now, this is not the uh, pride progress Palestinian uh, flag. But this is a similar one to it. We see people now at protests holding up the progress pride flag. Okay, that's the rainbow and then the triangle with the black and the white and the pink and the blue. And then in the middle is the Palestinian flag. That's right. Here's here's what I say. You want to win a culture war? Oh, it's easy. You print out a whole bunch of progress pride Palestine flags and you go to businesses in major places like D.C., And you go to the business and say, we want to put this flag in your window. 
And when they say no, you say, you don't support the left? Are you some right winger? Man, when we come with protests, you're going to be sorry. I'm kidding, by the way. My point is this. What happens when you, as a business in this country, are forced to be, in order to stay on the left, you must defend Hamas? What do you do? Uh Uh-oh. And many people are breaking from this. Now, I'm not saying supporting Palestine is supporting Hamas, but there is, I mean, Hamas is the official government. They enjoy majority support from the people in the Gaza Strip. This is not the West Bank, by the way, but it's a conflict. It's a war. Pick a side, baby, because if you want to be a progressive and you want to fly that flag, you might as well fly the Palestine flag, too. And then see what happens to all of the people who stop going to your business. You'll get canceled. The rules you made. The free press writes. After Donald Trump was elected, Emily Rose, 51, flew to New York with her daughters to walk in the Women's March. She demonstrated on the streets of Minneapolis, where she lives. In the days after George George Floyd's murder, she donated money to small black led movements and social justice organizations that she believed in. She unlearned and then reeducated herself as white Americans were instructed to and read the teachings of anti-racist scholars like Ta-Nehisi Coates. But then after the massacre in Israel on October 7th, when some 1400 Jews were brutally murdered, not to mention the rapes, beheadings and the instances of torture, I want to pause. I want to, I want to pause and, and, and tell my good friends, the free press, you're missing something in here. It's not just the Jews that were murdered. There are Arab Israelis who were killed, too. There were tourists who were kidnapped and killed. There is one man, and not the, not the only, who was a Thai farm worker we saw in a viral video. Not even Israeli, not even Arabic, not even Jewish. This attack is, was about depravity. What Hamas did, indiscriminately targeting people, it didn't matter. Now, of course, most of them were Jews. That I understand. That's important. There's a viral video posted by Amy Schumer, which I think is actually really funny. Shout out to Amy Schumer, of all people, where a guy is asking uh, another guy what he means by from the river to the sea. The first point made in the video is that the guy doesn't know which river he's talking about. And he's like, the Euphrates? And he's like, no. Oh, the River Jordan. He's like, right. So you're saying all of this land should be free. Free from what? And he's like, "Uh, Israelis? And the guy's like, oh, Israelis. But there's a lot of Arab Israelis. And he goes, oh, well, not them. And he's like, oh, okay. So then, right, just the Jews. Ah, okay. And then he goes in to talk about LGBT stuff. Now, I don't think it's a completely fair assessment based on what the left would actually argue if we were to steel man their position. But I think the point is this, and I'll break it down for you. Do I agree with what um, Israel is doing? Uh, I don't know if I agree or disagree with war. Okay, I'm sorry, with, with this current conflict. War, bad. We want to avoid war at all costs. Sometimes there's no simple answer, and I am not the arbiter of morality. So I cannot come bearing answers to the difficult questions of life. Sorry, that's not what I can do. I can tell you this. I'm not surprised Israel's reacting to an attack by Hamas in this way. And a lot of people will say, yeah, but this land was originally Palestine and, you know, Israel colonizers. And I'm like, the land was originally, uh, uh, I don't know what it was called. The capital was Jerusalem. It was Israel, I believe. And, uh, you know, I, I grew up Catholic, Christian. And what did we learn? We learned all about Jerusalem and Bethlehem and these, these, the, the areas in this region, which were all Jewish. Okay, fine. Roman. But, you know, you get the point. I can't sit here and, and, and have this guy. I, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. This is, uh, these, are, these are deep questions. They're dark questions. And it's hard to know. But I, but I can tell you this. This is what war looks like. And if you come out and you're going to try and justify what everyone is doing all the time because you are right or whatever, then you're just going it, to, it's, it's a pissing contest. Nobody wins. Everyone gets covered in piss. Granted, this is substantially worse. That being said, Hamas did not need to attack and kill civilians. They did not need to attack and kill tourists. But this is the point, ultimately, I think that we're seeing. And, and it goes back to what we saw at Cooper Union in New York. I, I, I think the left, evil. I think they're evil. Why? Jewish students locked in a library as people bang on the door screaming free Palestine. Why are you targeting Jewish students and screaming free Palestine at them? They're not Israeli students because there's little distinction in the minds of these people. 
That's why we see some of these activists. There's one story where a guy said he would no longer provide services to Jewish people. They're not Israel. Doesn't matter to them. And I'm and I'm and I'm and I'm sick of this because you get people. Look, you get people in both directions arguing. You know, you've 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 had Jewish uh, individuals wanting to glass. That's what they call it. Gaza. And I'm like, that's insane. What do we need? Well, maybe AOC is right. Look at us. Yeah, I'm sitting here cheering on Amy Schumer and AOC, but it, it, it's fine because what right what what's right is what matters. AOC says we don't want these bombings. We want intelligence precision. What does she mean? AOC is calling for surgical strikes on Hamas with ground personnel. That's right. Okay, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that'll work. I don't know. But AOC was basically saying, get a crack team of elite agents to storm into Gaza and kill Hamas. That's what she was saying. And I'm like, man, look, man, I don't know how to be involved in this war stuff. I can just tell you don't want it. But what do you do? Right. The people uh, Hamas is going to keep attacking and they mean it from the river to the sea. And what does that mean? The video Amy Schumer posted. That's what that's what we got. We got some of these posts. They're, they're getting big mad about it. Makes the point. They're not going to purge the Arab Israelis. They're going to purge Jewish people and they're going to purge LGBTQ people. The video ends by the guy saying, so basically what you're saying is you want Israel to be free of heterosexual Jews. <laughs> that's the conclusion. So many on the left are now waking up to this. There's people getting canceled. Look at this. The Newsweek reports Amy Schumer reacts after getting canceled. That's right. No matter which side you take, you get canceled. But I tell you this, my friends, if you're on our side, right, the, 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 where, where, the, where, where we, you and I stand, if, if people like Amy Schumer from the beginning said, I'm going to side with the reasonable, moderate discussions, you can't get canceled. You can't. I mean, uh, to be fair, you can if you like, you know, are abusing kids or like murdering people or something. OK, fine. there are limits. The point is this. We got people here at Tim Cast pro Palestine. We got people here at Tim Cast pro Israel. And nobody's getting fired because they're arguing over Israel and Palestine. We don't have all the answers. But of course, people here are strongly opinionated and they're allowed to be. Amy Schumer could have come out and said, no, I want to I want to maintain my right to speak up and defend the things that I want. So I'm going to defend you know, the people in this position as well. But no, people like Amy Schumer and many of these liberals wanted to side with the left because it was the default position where they thought they would get access to resources. And now they will suffer because of it. I'm not going to I'm not going to hold it against them in the long run, but I don't trust them. I'll say, OK, if you want to come out on the right side of free speech, I'll defend you. But I'm not going to trust you because you've already shown your willingness to betray people and defend genocidal maniacs. But this is the point. This woman said, I started to see these intelligent, educated people whose mission is to make our system better for people of color, suddenly posting all this anti anti Israel pro Palestinian stuff. I'm not changing my values, but screw the allyship. I will not stop fighting because I believe in the causes themselves. But as for going out of my way to support, to post, to give money, I'm done. Professional politicos like DSA founder Maurice Iserman are publicly stepping down from their parties and denouncing organizations that justify or even cheer the events of October 7th, and wealthy Jewish donors claw back millions from elite universities. There's a quieter, more personal reckoning happening among progressive Jews like Rose. They feel betrayed by a left that they thought would have their backs. OK, I'm glad you're waking up. But we kept telling you this was the case. They kept telling you this was the case. Patrice Cullors in 2015 said she wanted to end Israel. And y'all thought it was a game. Y'all thought it was nothing. Y'all thought it didn't matter. They chant from the river to the sea. And we know what that means. I'm glad to see many on the left waking up to it. But, you know, it is what it is. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 6 p.m. on the channel. Thanks for hanging out. And I'll see you all then. This is it, my friends. This is the news. This is the trending topic. The story that is going viral on Twitter. You know, I got to be completely honest. I'm willing to bet a lot of people don't actually care about this story. I think we've beaten the dead horse to death. But, uh... Politico is chiming in. The Daily Mail is chiming in. And I guess I can only say this is the end of Ron DeSantis's campaign because the dude is lying about wearing high heels. And there's video proof that, yo, dude is wearing high heels. But I must confess, you know, I wake up this morning and I'm like, what's going to be the big story? And I guess because it's Halloween, uh, 
there's, you know, people's uh, attention split. They're taking the kids out. They're doing Halloween parties and things like this for school. You can always track the, the strength of a holiday based on uh, the news, right? So here's what happens. And then we'll talk about Ron DeSantis's uh, high heels because there's a news story. New evidence. And uh, first, I'll just say Ashley St. Clair has destroyed Ron DeSantis's campaign. So but let me tell you about holidays. Halloween's not the most important holiday in the world, but people do want to bring their kids to the holiday party at school. They got to get their kids in costumes. So what happens? People split their attention between their family and their work. What this means is there's going to be less news for two reasons. Politicians are less likely to be doing things. Corporate officers are less likely to be doing things. And journalists are less likely to write about the things they're doing at all or are doing anyway. And so you end up with this. The 5 a.m. story from Politico. Ron DeSantis is probably wearing height boosters. Okay. You know, I got I, I, I to gotta say, there, there was a point where I guess I kind of figured Ron DeSantis is done. He went from being the front runner before Trump announced he was the favorite in the prediction markets. Actually, I don't know. If, I think he was ahead of Trump a couple times. And uh, now he's, he's gone. It's over. Like, let's be serious. Was DeSantis ever going to beat Trump? There was a possibility. There was. But it was probably like 80-20. We knew that as soon as Trump got involved, he was going to he was going to sideline Ron DeSantis. But there was a hope early on because we didn't know exactly what was going to happen. Many of us had been very critical of Donald Trump because of his obsession with 2020 and his unwillingness to talk about what this country needs to do. But that all turned around. Now, I think we're seeing better plays by Donald Trump. Far from perfect, but we'll take what we can get. Right. Somebody who's boisterous and arrogant and uh, can be an effective leader. Ron DeSantis is showing us every day he can't be. Yesterday, so here's what happens. Yesterday on the Patrick Bet David Valuetainment podcast, Ron DeSantis is asked, are you wearing high heels? And um, Patrick Bet David pulls out a pair of boots and Ron DeSantis goes, oh, I, I can't accept those. I can't accept those. Ron says that he's 5'11". Politico published this morning, I kid you not, an expose investigating Ron DeSantis's high heels. And I must say, I, I think, I think it's Ashley St. Clair's fault. <laughs> okay, so here's what happens. This meme about Ron DeSantis wearing high heels, it's been around forever. It's been around for a long time and people have posted about it, but there was no news, no story. It was kind of just in the background. In fact, I think going back to February of this year, people had talked about Ron DeSantis wearing high heels. Ashley St. Clair repost this video and then post a video putting on these super high boots. The DeSantis campaign takes the bait because they're they're the worst campaign staff ever hired. I want to say this, okay? If you work in politics, if you work in politics, the three people I think are the worst communications people I've ever seen. Christina Peshaw, Jeremy Redfern, Brian Griffin. It's all uh, the, wait till you see the response to Politico. But I, I, I do want to stress, I kind of don't care about this story, but I do think that this is I guess this is the final nail in the DeSantis coffin, the DeSantis campaign coffin. And now you've got uh, uh, DeSantis supporters losing it. Man, I don't know what happened to these people. They went nuts. I don't care if it's Trump, DeSantis, whoever, but the DeSantis people really lost it. And now they're tweeting up a storm. And there's some bickering back and forth, which we'll read. But sure enough, this is it. This is it. I think after Ashley St. Clair made this video, we on Timcast saw it, amplified what was already going viral from Ashley's video. And it's, 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 it's a snowball rolling downhill. Ashley does this video. We then do a video. Other people then do videos. And then the tides cannot be stopped. Now, someone made a really great point yesterday on Timcast IRL. They said that if Patrick Bet David asked Ron DeSantis about how tall he is, and Ron smiled and says, Well, I identify as six foot two. They would have all laughed, and that would have that would have taken it. Probably not saved him from these awful videos. Let me do can I can I show <laughs> where is this where's this tweet at? Take a look at this tweet. Okay, we're gonna zoom in here. Look at this. It's really annoying how they made this video. Dude, just show me Ron right there. That's crazy. Okay, this is what this is what's basically causing the this this video. 
October 28th, you can clearly see there ain't no foot in that boot. So here we go, baby. I do want to mention that uh, this is sort of about the the aggregate polling and Ron's collapse. But here we go, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you understand. This is your news for the morning. This is what's trending on the Internet. This is the big topic with the expose on multiple platforms. This is what you get. Happy Halloween, everybody. <laughs> In the last few weeks, political reports, posts mocking Florida Governor Ron DeSantis' strangely shaped cowboy boots have racked up millions of views on Twitter and TikTok with online sleuths trying to determine whether he's wearing height boosting insoles to pump himself up against a six foot three primary frontrunner with a penchant for nicknames who reportedly considered calling DeSantis Tiny D. Wow, that's a good one. If the 2001 Yale baseball team roster is to believe, be, be believed, DeSantis stands at five foot 11. I don't buy it. I don't buy it because you can look up photos of DeSantis and his wife and he's wearing high heels unless like his feet. Look, okay, I got, I got to say this. Maybe Ron DeSantis lost both of his feet in some kind of serious accident. I'm not being funny. No, many, many of you may be laughing. But he maybe lost his feet in some kind of accident and he only has the, you know, the heels of his feet. And he actually is five foot eleven. Sure. Posters have sketched over photos of the boot showing where they think DeSantis' feet sit inside. Slay Queen captioned one TikTok user. Hashtags like Paris Fashion Week and Mall Goth Fashion Abound. And former President Donald Trump himself even shared one of the posts on Truth Social. It sounds vain to fret over height in a political race, but DeSantis has reason to worry. Over the last century or so, taller candidates have tended to have an advantage in general elections, with the notable exceptions of former President Obama, who is shorter than Romney, and Biden, who is shorter than Trump. Three top experts in the field say the cowboy boot truthers may be onto something. Okay, Politico actually reached out to to boot manufacturers and. Uh, this one's interesting, right? Take a look at this image. Politico's actually compiled more evidence than, uh, than we did. So what they say is, see right here. You, uh, so for those that are just listening, I'll explain. You can see the top of the cowboy boot. What the bootmakers all explain is that cowboy boots are designed to fit snugly on your, on, around your, your leg, not to be wide. The fact that you can see his boots means the tops are widened for some reason likely because they needed to buy oversized boots so they could jam lifts in. They mention that it's possible. Here, take a look at this picture. Like, come on, it's obvious as obvious can get, okay? Like, where is his foot supposed to be? And what is his foot shaped like? Why is this massive? <laughs> okay. Here's what they said. Ron could have got custom-made boots with lifts that would have made it really... Uh, easy to hide. I think there's a reason he didn't. Because if people saw the custom boots, they'd say he bought custom boots. So Ron is telling the truth when he says they're off the rack Lucchese boots. Yeah. And then they jammed a block inside of it to make him taller. Look at the shape of Ron DeSantis's foot. If this is, if, if, if this is actually like, if, if Ron isn't wearing high heels, he has very, very, I don't even know what you'd call it. Not wide, but massive ankles. His ankles are huge, I guess. I'm not going to read everything they say because I really don't care all that much. But take a look at this. Yo, you can see it. You can see his feet. He's on his tippy toes. That's crazy, dude. And other people are pointing out like, dude, how small are his feet? So I want to show you this. Let's talk about. Uh, do we have a statement from uh, where's the, where, where's the statement? They, they got a quote from the, the DeSantis campaign. And uh, experts have done blah, 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 blah. I love it. Um, where is it at? Let me let me let me pull it up because I think it was Brian. Uh, no, what? They don't have. Oh, maybe they removed it. That's interesting. Was it? Hold on. No, there we go. It's a Y, not an I. We got it. We got it. DeSantis' campaign denies the allegation that he's wearing lifts. On Monday, DeSantis told podcast host Patrick Pat David they're just standard off-the-rack Lucchese boots. In an email to Politico magazine, DeSantis' press secretary Brian Griffin writes, 
Considering the fact that Politico magazine admittedly spent money to consult boot experts to run this hit piece, Ann DeSantis tells you all you need to know about their journalism. The governor doesn't pad his boots, but if you ever needed anything to line a pet cage or fold up and wedge under a table, that would be the highest and best use for Politico magazine. Oh, they are the worst PR people I have ever seen. I don't care about anything else, okay? Maybe this story is not about the boots. Maybe this story is about one man who is so stupid, so stupid, he hired stupider people than him. I'm, I'm just absolutely impressed by this. I will tell you, the first, first thing you do, shut up. I think they're spiking DeSantis on purpose. I bet they told him to wear the high heels. I bet they said, Ronnie boy, wear the high heels, you know, and then everyone, uh, look at that. This is crazy. Here you go, right at the end. There's, there's no foot there. I bet they told him to do it. I bet they told him to do it because it will destroy his campaign. I, th- th- my conspiracy theory is that if Trump and DeSantis shared the ticket, DeSantis as your kind of boring policy guy, mild-mannered, is going to help balance out Trump. Instead, they whisper sweet nothings into his ears and say, you're going to be the king. It's you, not him. Wear the high heels. Let us answer the press. Let's let, 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 let us send the messaging out. And Ron was like, well, okay, I guess. Man, see, this is why Ron's VP material. Great policy, good governor. No, no, not a smart guy. Not a smart guy at all. Did you think nobody would notice you were wearing high heels, dude? Tell me your foot's in there, okay? Show me your floppy broken foot. If you, (laughs) come on. So here it is. 538's national average. Nikki Haley, 25 to Trump's uh, 75. DeSantis still doing a little better than Haley in this McLaughlin poll. And that's it. But uh, there are a few polls. Harvard has uh, Haley behind DeSantis. Harvard actually has DeSantis at 30%. I don't see, I don't see DeSantis being able to, 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 to survive this. I don't see it. We got this tweet from Mark Dice. He says, we're going to have to start asking about Ron DeSantis's boots every day. His fans flip out almost as bad as the libtards do when you misgender someone. This is already fun. And then two boot emojis. He says, if Trump loses in 2024, of course, the DeSantis people will blame Trump supporters when they themselves fractured the party and aided Democrats by attacking Trump instead of uniting behind him. Typical leftist tactic. Blame others for what they themselves are guilty of. I'm going to I'm going to correct the record for both you, Mark, Mark and Pedro. Pedro responds. This guy is completely incorrect. Trump opened the primary by suggesting DeSantis is a pedo and pushing the lie that George Soros endorsed him. Only Trump people said from the start they won't back an alternative. Some even said they actively work against DeSantis if he's the nominee. He's already been confirmed that if you are coordinating with Democrats against DeSantis, including people who are effectively part of the campaign, they have used actual leftist tactics like filing bogus ethics complaints and amplifying complaints filed by Democrats against DeSantis. His team tried to get journalists fired like yours truly, but I'm not the only one. And I know for a fact that high profile MAGA celebs have been enlisted as attack dogs by Team Trump. I was notified ahead of time in one instance by someone who had been called upon to go after me. Absolutely no one has done more to divide the GOP than Trump and his goons up to abandoning and burning friends. It's not even close. Oh, man, that's so much to correct there. If Trump loses in 2024, it'll be because he already lost in 2020, oversaw more losses in 2022, and has surrounded himself with people who figured out how to grift regardless of the outcome of elections. Trump created the model where he raised $250 million after losing to Biden in 2020 by promising to overturn the results. He didn't. He used the money on himself, on his legal bills, on Melania's hairstylist. The people around him understand that he doesn't have to win for them to keep their mansions and uh, cars and luxury lifestyles. He just has to remain the center of attention, the eternal damsel in distress. You know, uh, Pedro, this reads like one of those leftist memes, overly explaining, like verbose. And that's the thing that uh, the left doesn't understand. OK, now it's probably true that Trump's got uh, campaign people targeting his competition. You think it's just DeSantis? They're probably going after everybody. But of course, DeSantis was the real threat. DeSantis was actually the predicted front runner. He was in the prediction markets ahead of Trump. 
Why wouldn't Trump go after him? Spare me any of your, you are a bad person for dividing. Welcome to a primary. Children. Have, have, do people not know what primaries are? No one has more, done more to divide the GOP than Trump. Um, now, hold on there a minute. Why is Ron DeSantis running for office? Why is Ron DeSantis running to be president? You would have to be an insane person to think that you're, you're at the time when Ron announced. He could have stopped, looked in the mirror and said, guys, we, we can't do this. Trump is going to win. You're not going to beat him. Let's 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 not do this. And guess what? There was a comfortable, warm seat for Ron DeSantis with a nice little vice president right above it. And he could have had it. He could have been the president of the Senate. He could have been the vice president. But instead, Ron DeSantis decided to go up against Trump and all of his supporters. And here we are. A Halloween morning, boring news cycle where I'm talking about a guy who will never be president. Okay, look. Is it possible that Ron wins? Of course, it's a possibility. Uh, I would say it's it's very, very slim. But I must stress, Sir Pedro, I think that, um, you know, we've had Pedro on the show, uh, I think a couple times. Good dude, good dude. And uh, Dave Rubin. And I feel like y'all are oblivious to the apocalyptic mess that is the DeSantis campaign. And either you're ignoring it or don't care. But I've talked to a bunch of people and I'm not going to I'm not going to call them out, but prominent high profile conservatives who have not attacked DeSantis or Trump tell me they're getting attacked by DeSantis, by his campaign. I don't want to drag them. I had one guy come in and say, are are you getting uh, attacked by like DeSantis people? And I laughed and I was like, that's an understatement, man. They won't they won't shut up. And then he told me, yeah, they started coming after me all because he said Trump is clearly going to win the primary. And that was it. And then all of a sudden, a barrage on Twitter of people insulting him, calling him stupid, calling him a cultist. And he was like, what just happened? You know, what I think it is. I'm telling you, it's a it's the, the plan was to make it so Ron did not team up with Trump. That's it. Unless some some miracle happens, because think about it, for what purpose would any campaign have to start insulting prominent conservative and libertarian personalities when they say something moderately critical of DeSantis? No, no, no. The strategy would be to woo them. No, no, no. You see, here's what I think. They want to make sure DeSantis doesn't team up with Trump. They want to make sure every Trump supporter hates Ron DeSantis with passion. I don't I like Ron DeSantis. I just think that he's really stupid. I think he may be one of the stupidest guys in politics. I'm, I'm I, look, I'm going to say it. I've said for a while he was our best governor. Why? His policy was good. He seemed to have been paying attention. Perhaps it was his wife. But now I think he may be the stupidest person in politics because you can't screw up this many times. You cannot screw up this many times and have it be an accident. His ranges don't work. Talk about a dumb person. Why? Dude. Fire Christina Peshaw. Fire Brian Griffin. The statement that he gave to politicos. Oh, holy Lord, have mercy. What was your goal? Let's play a marketing game, my friends. Ask yourself when taking any action, what is the outcome that you want? Okay. Now, let's say you're on the DeSantis campaign and news is is coming out going viral because there's nothing else to talk about, about Ron wearing high heels. And uh, what's your strategy? Do you want Ron to be viewed as strong and confident? Okay. All right. Well, the high heels thing is bad then. Politico magazine emails you saying they're going to be running a hit piece. What is your goal? Do you want more attention or less? Okay. Less attention. This is where we get into top level, top tier PR. Top, top, top of the top, cream of the crop. You need a distraction. You need a counter story and you need a big one. And you need to drown out negative news with something else. Typically, what you'll see from a lot of these uh, uh, campaigns and celebrities is they'll announce something or leak something. So what will happen is when the political reporter emails Brian Griffin and says, does Ron DeSantis wear high heels? You have the campaign leak a tax return 
to another journalist, a political or to this guy. And this guy then gets distracted and chases the bait and says, whoa, hey, man, look, I don't want to be harping on about uh, high heels. Like, it's a boring story. It's ridiculous. Everyone's probably rolling their eyes. I bet half the people who normally watch my videos didn't even watch this one. I get it. This is the big news today. It's Halloween. People aren't really uh, paying attention to much, much else. I'm sure there'll be some other news, but maybe we'll do some cultural videos today. And uh, you get this guy to be like, do I want to write about high heels or do I want to write about Ron DeSantis' tax returns? Tax returns, baby. And guess what? They ain't all bad. It's a political debate about whether or not he made enough money or didn't make enough money. They don't know what they're doing. But I tell you this, baby level, baby fifth grade level PR is you don't respond to the email. Brian Griffin is either intentionally trying to destroy DeSantis or is the stupidest person in PR in communications. The stupidest. I got to say, I, I, I will never, never back Ron DeSantis after this at this point, because he had every opportunity, every step of the way to fire these people. But he won't. He won't. He won't do it. So you know what? There you go. There's your 21 minute video on how stupid Ron DeSantis is. Have, have, have fun, DeSantis supporters. Y'all are nuts. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out. And I'll see y'all then. So we got this viral clip. Former NBA player Joe Smith finds out that his wife has an OnlyFans. And she secretly records him as he's complaining about it and then continues to record their conversation and post it to the Internet. Yo. Wow. Uh, nope. Done. Uh, that's deal breaker. No question. If you're a dude and you're into your, your, your significant other doing that kind of stuff, do your thing. Whatever, more power to you. But this guy did not know about it. This is a betrayal of his spouse. And if, again, if that's what you're into, you do it. Maybe some people are going to be like, oh, wow, I'm so, I'm so excited to find out my wife's doing OnlyFans. Let me play this video and I'll show you what's going on. And uh, we'll, get to, we'll, uh, we'll talk about it. Wait, wait, no, 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 Call, we're not going to say fuck me or that's fucked up. It's not fucked up. Listen, it's not fucked up and we're going to, okay, look, so I have an OnlyFans page and he's mad because he's just now finding out about it. Of course I'm mad I'm just finding but out about it. I'm not doing it with anybody but myself, so why should I have to tell you my choice, my body, my body, my fucking choice? Joe, I've been talking to you about mad things. I've been asking for solutions to shit. You're not giving me none, so I created one. That's no solution. Not in my book. That's no you knew, solution. You knew who the fuck I was when you met me. Before. Before. Before, before yeah. Met, before, yeah, I and knew I that. thought that I would never have to go Man, back to anything like this again. All right, I just got to say, I'm just going to say it right now. Dude, you knew who she was when you signed up for this. Basically, that sounds like she's saying well, she was a stripper or something, and then he got married to her, and he thought she wasn't. Let's, 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 let's play more, but you get the point. Unfortunately, no, no, no. that's not the case right that, now. After that, everything's supposed to change. Everything did change. No, 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 no. Obviously, it hasn't. No, it had to. I had Obviously, to do something. It hasn't. You stood out there showing your body. You stood out there doing stuff like this on camera. You act like that's the only thing that I do. I have mad jobs, but they're not facilitating everything that needs to be done. So I got something extra. Only fans be breaking me off. What the no, fuck? Come on, Keisha, with that. It don't matter what they breaking you off. It's the disrespect that comes with it. What you disrespect? Even, you couldn't come and talk to me about it. Okay, well, we're talking about it now. Because I had so. to find out on the fly. All right, then. But now, okay. No, so, wait. I had to find out on the fly. And she's filming the whole thing for everybody to watch. I know it's like it's it's stupid that I'm sitting here commenting on it, but no, I think we sh I think we need to because this is the point. Let me play so let me play know. the rest of it. <clears throat> yeah, now I know. Okay. Deal breaker. And so, whatever. I've been doing what I have to do. Period. Like that. Shit, shit, you not giving. I'm just gonna say I'll say it right now. Look, man, you knew who she was when you married her, I guess, but he trusted her. I don't know what their relationship was like. She says, 
I would never have to go back to something like that. But she does. I'm not so super concerned about this one particular relationship right here. I don't, I don't want to rag on this guy. He seems like a good dude. He's trying to do the right thing, man. I, I wish him the best. I hope they work this out. But I want to say a few things about this. OnlyFans is awful. OnlyFans is is social decay, degradation, destruction. What an, what an awful, awful uh, app. I guess I, th- I thought it was an app. I guess it's just a website. I don't know. Here's, here, here's the sad reality. It's a platform that was made so that it's like Patreon. You know what I mean? They tried getting rid of porn, nearly destroyed the company. So they said, you know what? Screw it. And they'll try and justify it. But this is what she's doing now. And this guy finds out. There are so many stories about women who have jobs who quit to do OnlyFans. And does that not say something to everyone? I am sick of this progressive game. I am sick of feminist lies. I got no beef with feminism. I'm sick of lies. You see, qualifier. They're going to try and be like, he's saying feminists are liars. I'm saying some, some feminists are liars. My, my view is, look, man, you know, women want to work. They want to vote and they want to do all those things. That's feminism. But now you get these lies. You get these lies that try to destroy the female experience and traditional role and all of these things. Act like women don't want certain things. They, and, and then what ends up happening is for social reasons, a lot of women will just go along with it. It's funny. I saw there was one viral video where it was a woman. She had, uh, she was, uh, someone was like doing, it was like a TikTok where someone was pointing to, like, you know, they do, I don't, I don't use TikTok, but they were pointing to a dating profile and a woman was like, I wish I could just be a mom and raise a family. I hate having to work, but society doesn't let me do it. Blah, blah, blah. Man, how much do you want to bet that there is a large portion of women, maybe even the majority, I don't know, who would rather stay at home, socialize with their friends, have a family, as opposed to doing the masculine, traditional masculine roles. Now, of course, there are men who would rather raise the kids and not work. There are women who would rather work and not raise the kids. It's totally fine. You're allowed to do that. That's feminism. So that means when there's like, if a woman wants to do something, like she should be allowed to do it, man. But we're well past that. This isn't in line with this idea of of, uh, luxuries becoming necessities. You know, when cell phones first come out, if you have one, it's great. It helps you. But not everybody has one. But now it's a necessity. You have to have one. Good luck getting hired if they can't get a hold of you because it's competition. Everybody else has got one. So that's a that's an advantage someone else has. Then you got to pay for that. And that's where we're at now. It used to be like, look, ladies, you don't have to work. But the women who want to should be allowed to. What happens? A massive spike in the workforce without at the same time a spike in available jobs. Men are now competing with women for entry level positions, making it much harder. And this depresses wages. And well, here's what happens. You got a guy and he's married and he's working a job. He's got two kids and things are going good. Over the span of a few years in the late 70s into the early 80s, more and more women are now looking for jobs. At his workplace, let's say he's getting in back then 35,000 a year. It's a lot back then. So he's doing pretty well. And like, not great, but 35,000 back then, like late 70s, you're, you're doing well. You're doing well. He's taking care of his family. And all of a sudden, a new position opens up. And uh, he says, I'm shooing for this, uh, for this job. And they say, look, you know, we got 300 applications and we got a woman who's willing to do this job for 25K. So what happens? Here's a sad reality of how a lot of industries and a lot of businesses work. If you're, it's, it's supposed to be that you, you age out or you advance to a certain point. The idea being you make 10 bucks an hour at one position and then you slowly improve your skills and take higher positions while other people quit. Why? Because not everyone can get the promotion and you need to make more money somewhere else. Here's the problem. With a massive influx of people trying to get jobs, you now have this man making 35K a year and he says, hey, I got my two kids are getting older and we need to make more money. And they say, sorry, we can't pay anymore. Why? Well, competition. So he looks for another job. He looks for a promotion. Doesn't get the promotion, looks at another job. Other job. Guess what? There's a woman who's willing to take the job for 25K. 
And so there's too many workers and not enough jobs. Instant massive uh, increase in the uh, supply of workers. This over a long enough period of time makes things harder for the average person. The guy then says, look, I need this promotion. It's, it pays 40000 a year. And they go, look, we, we don't want to give it to you. We got someone who's willing to take it for 30. I'll take it for 37.5. 37.5. You'll, you'll do more work, take a higher position for, la- for barely any more pay. Yes, I'll take it. OK, done. This is how the machine operates. And over a long enough period of time, you end up with depressed wages and it hurts the economy. But more importantly, because of this, that guy then goes to his wife and says, honey, they're not going to give me the raise. You're going to have to find some side income. Well, who's going to watch the kids? Daycare center, put them in school, work during, during school hours. That is the trend. And that's where we are now. Surprise, surprise, women would rather get naked on camera than work. Not all women, but a lot of them. Hence, OnlyFans exists, and not all of them make money. But this is a married woman married to a former NBA player getting naked on camera, presumably. I think that's what they're talking about. For money. There are stories of women who are nurses, who are doctors, who are cops, and they don't want to work. They want to get naked on camera. Okay. (laughs) I'm sure a lot of guys would love to do that too if they could, but guys... You know, typically the only other guy who's going to pay you to get naked is another guy. That's what you're into. And so this is where we're currently at. This is the trend. It's horrible, man. I think there's a lot to go into this video. Like, dude, maybe uh, maybe this is not a woman for you if you're surprised she's doing this behind your back. It is what it is. But I'm, I'm telling you, with OnlyFans, I, women are going to keep leaving the workplace. There are a lot of women who don't want to admit it. They would rather be naked on camera for money than actually have jobs. I am not saying every single woman. I think most women probably would not do that. But enough women do. And it's going to create a weird social dynamic. But I also think it's going to create a a vacuum uh, of women in the workplace, which, of course, the left will then say women are in the workplace are on the decline. It's like, yeah, well, they're getting naked on camera. I don't know the numbers. I think most women would would rather just have some respectable position. But I do think as more and more women say that it is socially acceptable to do OnlyFans, you will remove that stigma and more women will want to do it or they'll feel comfortable doing it. I hope these guys, this, this couple works things out. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up tonight at 8 p.m. over at YouTube.com slash Timcast IRL. Thanks for hanging out and I'll see you all then.